Hello there and welcome to Bringing Out Their Best, the podcast for teachers of dance, drama and music. My name is Sarah Marshall from Performing Arts PD. Each week I will bring you a snippet of research or an interview with another performing arts educator to energise and inspire you for your working week. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the Darug people, the traditional custodians of the land on which I live and work. I pay my respects to their elders, past and present. Coping with discomfort. We all expect our students to do it, to sit with discomfort when they don't know something. But if we think back to our own learning journeys, then we can probably remember that it's not that easy. Particularly since the beginning of the pandemic in 2020, education has been turned inside out and upside down with tremendous resilience shown by its staff as well as students. So I was interested by this article to learn more about how we cope with discomfort as educators and how we can model this for our students and assist them to remain calm and keep their minds open even as they are feeling uncomfortable. Discomfort comes from change. When external or internal forces exert themselves on our lives and disrupt the status quo. Today's article focused on change in student cultural populations, which can certainly disrupt the status quo, but this can equally apply to any number of areas of change. Here are a few examples in a school environment, such as changes in management, team members, the syllabus, learning expectation, hours of work, travel and so on. All these triggers can cause discomfort and increase our levels of stress. So how do humans cope? Typically, humans adopt one of these two coping strategies. The first is direct action, when we set out to eliminate feelings of discomfort by adopting a strategy that doesn't allow for change, such as a colorblind approach to diversity arguing that racial categories are irrelevant when making decisions. So direct action eliminates the discomfort, but often at the expense of someone or something else. Another example might be a student who, when given a feedback on an assignment before submission, suggesting that they significantly review their paper, the student might relieve this discomfort by refusing to do anything and saying it won't make any difference as the teacher never likes their work anyway. The second strategy is palliative action, which is when we lessen feelings of unease by assessing the situation and then quickly adopting a strategy to relieve the immediate discomfort without consideration of potential ongoing consequences or how the source of discomfort should be overcome through change moving forward, such as telling ourselves we can make this one exception in an ensemble and resolve the situation and the nagging parent and the whining student without thought to future costs to ourselves or others. Such as a student refusing to take on a new challenge such as performing a more difficult piece, arguing with themselves that they'll make this exception this time and they'll try harder next time, not recognising that next time may never come and meanwhile they're stuck playing something that they will ultimately be bored of very quickly. So is there a better way? 
This article proposes another solution in which we perceive discomfort as neither oppressive or freeing, but instead as a circumstance with the potential to be both. If we can help our students to see discomfort as a learning opportunity, an opportunity for transformation through critical reflection and moving forward in a new way to accommodate the change in circumstances. It proposes that instead of avoiding discomfort, we engage with it, confront it. How, you may ask, and how do we convince our students to do this? Well, the trick is to step back and to become curious. Did you know that when we become curious, the anxiety centres in our brain turn off and instead other areas of our brains begin firing? So instead of feeling that tension that comes with discomfort, if we can ask our students questions and encourage them to become curious about the situation, why are they feeling uncomfortable? To take a look at it, reflect on where it originates from, and adopt an ethos of experimentation to overcome it and consequently create an opportunity for growth. Imagine what might happen if all our students adopted this attitude and instead of shutting off, were able to reflect on what they know and engage with what they don't know, but with a curious attitude. Sadly, this is not the recipe for a trouble-free life or a life without effort. If we expect our students to engage in this kind of effort, to review what they know, overcome their fears of what they don't, and to become curious, I suspect we have to model this example. But when we are willing to learn and build on our knowledge base as we include new information and adapt, what happens? What do you notice? For me, with all the rapid changes in the last couple of years, once I got over the shock, the overwhelm and denial, I found my curiosity led me to learn new things, to enjoy things I hadn't expected to have fun with and to grow in my own self-efficacy. So perhaps if we can model curiosity and reflection when we are put in situations which cause us discomfort, then my hope is that our students will follow our lead and benefit in ways they may not expect. I look forward to hearing of your thoughts in the chat below. Finally, I'd like to share some exciting news with you. Our course Managing Performance Anxiety for Student Wellbeing has become accredited PD by NESA. So, if you're a performing arts teacher in New South Wales, looking for some accredited PD hours that are relevant to your performance space, take a look. My name is Sarah Marshall. Thanks for listening today. I hope you have a fantastic week bringing out their best.